Hello. Hello! Welcome to Sit for a Spell, a podcast where we discuss the lore, the traditions, and modern practices of the occult. Learn alongside us as we explore the many ways the witches of today observe their craft. So grab your book of shadows, light your candles. It's time, time to, to sit, sit for a spell. Hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome welcome back to welcome. Sit, sit for a Spell podcast. That's um, us. That is us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Jess. And I'm James. I'm and welcome. we are back. We're um, back. We're back on our bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're back. Um, it's, been, uh, it's been quite a couple of weeks. Lots going on in the country. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, we just felt like it was, you know, this is kind of like, a, I don't know if this, I'm speaking for just now here, but this is a little bit of like an escape for me, I would say. Oh, yeah, you for know? sure. So, so we thought, you know, we would just keep chugging along and uh, hopefully give you guys a little bit of a break from the constant dumpster fire that is our country. Um, yep. So America, is, that is... <laughs> yes, the United States of America, to be exact. So, yes. not uh, so united right now. Yeah. Uh, God, I wish I lived in New Zealand right now. You know. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, you you deal. You what is the thing about the cards, the hand you were dealt, whatever that means? You know what I'm you, trying to say. You play the cards you're dealt. There you go. Something like that. I knew I kept you around for a reason. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, she knows all the old timey things. <laughs> I'm I'm a very old timey soul. You really are. Um, so yeah, so we're just we're here and uh, yeah, uh, we hope everyone's being safe and mm-hmm. protesting safely. Yes, and please. if it wasn't clear um, from other episodes, we are totally uh, Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm, and then this 100%. podcast, yep. in this house, um, police reform, defund the police. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a change in this country. And yes. um, we are not the ones who should be, uh, you should be listening to about this. There are mm-hmm. plenty of uh, black voices who are leading the way. So please seek them out. We try to share stuff on our Instagram, our stories. So definitely go there and like check stuff out because there are a lot of people who are not us who know much more. And yeah. should be leading this conversation. So, yes, just wanted to get that out of the way. But Thank you. T- today we are going to hey. be talking about the Ouija board. Yay! Yay! I say with some fear, <laughs> trepidation, <laughs> trepidation. That's the word I wanted to say, but I knew I oh. wouldn't say it right, so I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I got you. <laughs> I know some fancy words. Because it's nighttime and it's really windy outside. It is really windy. The past few days have been like, I was in my hammock the other day, yesterday, and I literally almost blew over. Oh my goodness. I can just yeah. imagine it like swinging. <laughs> it's hard enough for me to get in and out of that thing. So oh, just add the wind and yeah, it That's was uh, interesting. But um, so yes, the Ouija Spooky. board. Do you have it? Before we start, do you have any experience with the Ouija board? I have never touched one, nor will I. 
probably oh, maybe okay question well, good for they you they just Our... scare me i don't want and we'll talk about why we yeah. will get into that because the origin of the ouija board and it's 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 history is a lot different than i expected Ooh, and i purposefully um, did no looking at anything because james is gonna take this one and i wanted it all to be new yeah okay so let's get into it and then we're gonna have we have a, had a couple listeners sent in their ouija board stories and then mm -hmm. i know jess has one from her mom and yes, i also I have one from my mom so and i also have personal story. ones as well yeah okay so we're gonna start ouija board um 1100 ad we're Jeez. gonna take it back is, yeah that's back this back in the day this is 1100 ad china mm -hmm. um it was called the automatic writing method okay, okay? so there's historical documents called the song uh, from the song dynasty and they used what they called planchette writing and they used it for necromancy and communing with the communion communion communicating communing <laughs> communing <laughs> <laughs> with the spirit world yeah see that whole trepidation thing i just lost all credibility with this right now <laughs> so <laughs> a communing what did you say communing, communing. with the spirit world um this was a it was like a central practice so with the quenjin shoal dynasty mm -hmm. is when it uh when they they did this all the time and i'm sorry if i mispronounced that and it was forbidden by the king dynasty hmm. um there's also talk of this method in ancient india greece rome and medieval europe so that's then we're gonna mm -hmm fast forward all the way to 19th century uh the in the west so okay. mainly the united states mm -hmm. like we've talked about many times the early 19th century brought the rise of spiritualism to the west yeah so this is because um you know there was a lot going on there was uh the civil war there was a lot of death a lot of mayhem, a lot of uncertainty kind of sounds familiar. Mm. Um, and following the Civil War, a lot of Americans were, they were like looking for a way to communicate with soldiers who never made it back home. So this is this brought in the rise of mediums. Okay. And me, so mediums, they started exploring different ways they could uh, communicate, get in contact with these lost loved ones. And one of those ways was uh, seances. Mm -hmm. And we've all seen seances, you know, you sit around a table, you light candles. A lot of times these things were um, staged, but sometimes they weren't. So um, <clears throat> they, they did this often. Like it wasn't seen as like evil or abnormal. It was kind of wholesome actually, because you were just yeah, like talking, you were just talking yeah, you're just talking to your your deceased loved one. Yeah. And it was it was so accepted that Mary Todd Lincoln even held seances in the White House. Mm. So she and Abraham Lincoln lost their 11-year-old son to fever in 1862 mm -hmm. and she wanted to get in contact with him, so she tried seances. Um but during these seances, 
how it would work was they would say they would recite the alphabet and wait for knocks during a, a certain letter so they would be like so they would say you know a b c and then wait for a knock and you know, yeah. whatever the knock landed on that was your letter one letter at a time people yeah. really began to grow weary and you know it took forever and it was just like you know like you know there's got to be a better way you know like they have yeah. so enter the ouija board okay. so sometimes called the talking board or the spirit board yeah the board um it was invented uh as we know it in 1890 by charles kennard and he also had um a few investors their names were elijah bond colonel washington bowie william Hold, and then one more who i couldn't find the name of and i'm sure it's out there somewhere but i there was four other ones popular belief is that the word ouija it's a weird comes word from, come yeah so the 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 rumor is it comes from the combination of the french and german words for yes but Ooh. that is actually not true oh. they they got the name the board named itself basically they uh -oh. were using the board and the person the medium that they were working with Mm -hmm. gave them the name and according to the board the the meaning of the word ouija means good luck doubt that <laughs> so, that sounds like a trick to me <laughs> so they uh another like funny thing is they couldn't patent the board until they proved to the patent officer or person i don't uh -huh. think he's an officer <laughs> the patent person that it worked oh so they had they literally had to take it into the patent office and they you know got someone who they didn't know and they made the ouija board tell us like tell them details about this person and yeah. it was true like that's that's the, how the story goes mm. so yeah so uh, they purposely didn't put into the patent how the device works only yeah. that it does work so okay yeah so now we're going to talk a little bit about the the actual like the story of the production of the ouija board mm -hmm. because i think this is very interesting and then in a little bit we talk a little bit about i'm going to talk a little bit about um how it kind of got its sinister like connotation yeah so when these guys first started their company that was so that was in um 1890 they only had one factory in baltimore okay but by 1892 they had seven factories all across the eastern part of the u.s hmm. um because the demand was so high yeah. by 1893 bowie and bond uh left the company and Bowie sold his shares to William Fold for one dollar. Oh, yeah. Sounds so, and then suspicious. Will, yeah, William Fold was um, then put in charge of everything. He was made like uh, I don't know his official title, but you know, like CEO or whatever. Yeah. And Fold, Fold would actually later die in a freak accident in 1972 while building a new factory that he says the Ouija board told him to build. Hmm. So yeah, that, that ties into the 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 lore. 
Yeah. Um, the board was super successful, like instantaneously, and it has been in the American zeitgeist, the culture of America for over 120 years. Hmm. Um, I think it's even longer now. What it, let's see, 1890 math, what, 130 years now? Something. Um, I guess that's over 120 years, technically. But it's in the beginning, it was marked marketed as a family friendly board game, but that mm. would later turn into a tool for summoning the dead or like uh, sinister entities, you know? Yeah. Um, the board is most famous uh, during times of uncertainty, which seems to make sense. Yeah. After world, so, you know, after world war one, um, after, you know, Vietnam, things like that. And even, it was so normal after World War I that Norman Rockwell depicted a man and a woman using the Ouija board on the cover of the Saturday Post, that like old uh, yeah. like magazine that used to come out. Mm-hmm. So that's how normal it was back then. Oh. Uh, during the Great Depression, there were tons of new factories um, built because the demand was so high. In a single New York department store, 50 thousand of them were sold in 1944 oh wow that's one single department store just in new york that's in 1960s lot. yeah in 1966 the fold company sold their patent to parker brothers mm-hmm. and over two million boards were sold outselling monopoly for the first time ever crazy so this was the time of Vietnam, the Vietnam War, race r- riots in Newark, Minneapolis, and other many other American cities, and also the Summer of Love. Huh. Um, so the Ouija board kind of evolved. It wasn't just used for entertainment. There came a time where uh, would be like crime solvers, you know, uh, we still have them today. Mm-hmm. They started using them to try to help police solve crimes. Ooh, and cool. yeah, even the police were kind of frustrated with like the barrage of information that mm-hmm. people were bringing, but that didn't stop the, like these people from giving the information to the police. They really thought that they were being helpful. Yeah. So um, this, it also kind of brought out like the darker side of the Ouija board and like a lot of things it's it didn't do well with or i should say impressionable people impressionable people didn't do well with the ouija board people who were looking for some kind of guidance kind yeah. of turned to the ouija board just you know for some of that guidance yeah so a couple of, of examples in 1921 there was a woman in chicago and she was in a psychiatric hospital well she was being admitted to a psychiatric hospital Mm-hmm. But she said that the Ouija board told her to leave her mother's dead body in the living room for 15 days before burying it in the backyard. Hmm. In 1930, two women in Buffalo, New York, murdered another woman because they said the Ouija board told them to. Yeah, probably. I don't in, ni- <laughs> in 1941, there was a 23-year-old gas station attendant from New Jersey he told the New York Times that he joined the army because the Ouija board told him to. Hmm. Um, in, in 1958, a court decided not to honor the, quote, Ouija board will of Miss Helen Dow Peck. She uh, wanted to leave 
$152,000 to uh, a man named John Gale Forbes. The problem is Mr. Forbes was a bodiless spirit who contacted her through the Ouija board. <laughs> so they decided not to honor that will. <laughs> Where would they put it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. That's a lot. That's a very strange con someone's trying to pull. I know. Yeah. Um, there's also there's also examples of the Ouija board inspiring literature, like not just stories, but inspiring people to actually write literature. Oh. Okay. So there's a woman named uh, Pearl Curran, and in 1916, she wrote poems and stories that were dictated to her by the Ouija board. Oh. She she claimed that the spirit of a woman called Patience Worth, who was a 17th, 17th century Englishwoman, was the one who was uh, dictating the stories to her. That's and she, yeah, right. She had a friend. Her name was Emily Grant, Emily Grant Hutchings, sorry. And she claimed that her book was communicated to her through the Ouija board by the late Samuel Clemens, otherwise known as Mark Twain. Oh. Yeah. And so this is, uh, for this one's pretty recent. In 1982, there was an, a Ouija-inspired poem called Changing Light at Sandover. It won the National Book Critics Circle Award. And the, the author, James Merrill, he implied that um, the Ouija board was more of a magnifier to his own thoughts rather than the one who came up with the, you know, the poem. Yeah. But he wrote, he wrote multiple books using the Ouija board. And yeah, one of them won like this national award, hmm. which is pretty cool. That is cool. Now we're going to talk a little bit. Well, now we're going to get into what happened in America to make us, change our perception of the Ouija board. Okay. So this, this all changed in 1973 with the release of the movie, The Exorcist. Mm. So in the movie, The Exorcist, Reagan, who is the uh, I guess protagonist, she's mm. a 12 year old girl. She plays, she finds a Ouija board in her basement and she plays it by herself. And this causes her to become possessed by a demon. And, um, you know, if you haven't seen The Exorcist, I don't know what you're waiting for. Watch it. It's classic. <laughs> it, um, yeah, it's one of the best movies ever made. It scared the shit out of me as a child, and I haven't watched it's it in a while. Scary. It's very scary. Um, but, yes, that, that one thing alone changed how the public saw the board. And ever since then... The, it went from being like silly or jokey, like a family game, to the, a tool of the devil, like overnight. That's so interesting. I did not know that. Neither did I. Isn't that crazy? Like that is crazy. Um, then of course, uh, movie makers and horror writers use the board whenever possible to open the gates of hell, um, invite spirits to torment users. Um, you know, summon the devil, summon demons, you know, and ever since then, that's it. Like its fate was sealed. It was yeah. just that it just totally changed. Mm -hmm. Religious, 
groups started denouncing the board as, uh, quote, Satan's preferred method of communication, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> makes me laugh. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like, how uh, do you know? It's just, it's funny to me that Satan would have a preferred method of communication. <laughs> I mean. He's like, and I'm not a texter. Like, uh, well, I guess technically he is. <laughs> technically. He's the OG texter. Yeah, he really is. Don't call him on the phone, guys. He no. will not answer. Use the Ouija board. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, and then they, they even started burning it, like at book burnings. <laughs> and oh. I thought this was funny. In 2001, the board, along with copies of Harry Potter and Disney's Snow White, were burned at bonfires by Christian religious groups in New Mexico. Christian like, like Snow burn things, man. Snow White. Why does Snow White? How did that get? I don't, how did? Is there even? They a, also. Well, I guess that's she's. Oh, there's a witch. Like the evil stepmother is a witch. Yeah. Maybe because she, she's like living in sin with all those elves <laughs> <laughs> or dwarves actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's not <laughs> oh, she's just living it up with <laughs> she's like they're like Mm-mm. <laughs> oh that's the reason they why. also it also didn't say what uh what book of harry potter so i mean i don't know when was, i'm one. sorry when was this 2001 so would that be like the i don't think they the were first. done by then had to be one of like the first or second one i would assume yeah i don't know um <laughs> white people that was man funny. jesus yeah they Come, uh the whitest person in the world over here yeah they love to burn things books christians love to burn things um, crosses they you know. just i don't know I mean, you're buying it anyway. They're still getting your money. I know you would. It's very confusing to me. I'm gonna go off. They still do it to this day. No, they do. But my tangent here is like, isn't? Don't they say like fire is the tool of the devil, and then they're using fire to like burn things? But I guess fire is cleansing at the same time. I don't know. It never made sense to me. It doesn't make any sense because you still have to buy the books. You still have to buy or like what? Like you know when people like burned their uh jerseys when like Kaepernick was like kneeling or their Nikes or whatever it's like you spent oh, so you spent like $75 on that jersey and you're just gonna burn it like yeah you're just they still get your to our holy ozone yeah and they already got your money like what do they, well, they don't care what you do with it they're the people burning the the jerseys they're the people who don't believe in global warming either so true they also would be burning these books and uh, Snow White DVDs, I guess. Poor Snow White. Um, so, Catholic.com, which is a real website, oh. called the board Far From Harmless. And in 2011, um, Pat Robertson, who he hosts uh, 700 Club, which is like, it's like a televised, like, weekly sermon, yeah, I guess. He is. Mm-hmm. He's like that old, he's really old. Yeah, um, he's he said some very dangerous things. Oh, yeah, don't they all? He told his viewers that the board was a way for demons to reach out to us, mm. which is like, oh, <laughs> <they're> just, <laughs> they just, they just want to talk. They're so lonely. They're so lonely. Um, even within the paranormal community itself, 
there, uh, there's a lot of people who don't like to mess with the Ouija board, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Hasbro, which was formerly Parker Brothers, mm-hmm. they still sell hundreds of thousands of boards every year. Yeah. Uh, we, we still see it in modern media. It's in, um, there's, it was shown in Paranormal, Act- Paranormal Activity um, mm-hmm. series. There's a whole Ouija movie series. Yeah. There's, they show it in Breaking Bad and uh, Castle. They show they countless TV shows and like, you know, those ghost hunting shows, you know, they use stuff, mm-hmm. they use it all the time. So it's still very much a part of our culture. I always thought that was so, so interesting that like, because Ouija boards and, and I think <laughs> it's part of just like the copyright in order to like be able to sell these things because uh-huh. Ouija boards, um, as well as tarot card decks, they are sold. And if you look at the packaging on any of them that you get, no uh-huh. matter the witchiest store you go to, if you look at the packaging of the tarot cards, it's, it says it's a game. Um, yes, it has to be sold I, as a game. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's part of the copyright on them in order to get them produced. Um, which that, which makes, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I I doubt it's easy to get a patent for like a tool of the occult, you know, yeah. <laughs> or get it get it sold in Target or something. You Instead know? of game, tool <laughs> yeah. of the occult. Yeah, now demons will reach out to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now that's the history of the Ouija board. You know, that's a very very rudimentary glance at how it came to be in our modern era. Mm-hmm. Now I want to talk a little bit about how a Ouija board would work. Okay. Or how science thinks that the Ouija board works. Okay. Um, of course, there are those of us who believe that, you know, I'm kind of 50-50. I think that you can communicate with spirits because of my personal um, relationship or, you know, my personal experiences with the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. But also, I think most of the time, it's like your buddy who's like, I swear I'm not doing it, but then they are. They are. You know. Yeah. So there's kind of a, um, if you want to kind of, I guess, let your buddy off the hook, there could be a reason for that. Mm-hmm. So scientists say that the board is not powered by spirits or demons, but by us, you know. Okay. Yeah, me, you, your friend Jeff, whoever. Mm-hmm. There is something called the ideometer effect. Okay. Okay. Get just stay with me here. Yes. There, um, in 1852, William Benjamin Carpenter discussed the automatic muscular movements that take place without conscious will or volition of the individual. Mm-hmm. So, it would be like, um crying during a sad movie or um even breathing you know things that you that just kind of laughing laughter things that kind of just happen yeah. that you don't think you know you when you hear a joke you're not like Haha, like i'm going to laugh at this it just happens, yeah you know yeah um that would be would be part of this uh idiometer effect okay and in 1853 michael faraday um he began a series of experiments that proved uh, to him at least that, Oh, I'm sorry. It's not idiometer. It's idiomotor, idiomotor uh, effect. 
Idiomotor. Okay. Motor. Um, I knew I was saying that wrong. I was looking right at it, but, (laughs) um, he, he thought his, uh, experiments proved that the idiomotor uh, actions were responsible for what was happening. Mm -hmm. So there was a study at the university of British Columbia's visual cognition lab. They examined the idea that the mind has multiple processing information levels and they used the Ouija board to test their experiments. Okay. So they, this is, this is going to seem like it's going out of nowhere, but it's very interesting. Okay. So they got their test subjects mm-hmm. and they sat them across from another person who um, was a unknowing, unknown to them was an actor. Okay. So they had a test subject and an actor and then the test would start. They would blindfold, um, they would blindfold both the test subject and the actor. Mm-hmm. But once the test started, the actor would take their hands off the planchette and take their blindfold off so that the subject's hands were the only ones that were touching, but they still thought the other person's hands were there as well. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. They, during this experiment, the planchette would move and they would, uh, they would accuse the other person of moving it, even though their hands were nowhere near. Yeah. We're not on it at all. Um, at, there was a point where they tried to do this with a robot, mm-hmm. a person and a robot. Um, but <laughs> they said something like the robot was too fragile or something. <laughs> so they, they kind of had to just like move on to this sort of thing. Yeah. They also, um, they also used it to, um, have people just answer questions. So they would ask someone a question and, you know, the, they would get the, the Ouija board to answer. And the person was asked a question, even if they didn't know it, Mm -hmm. they were just told like, just guess, what do you think the answer is? And they, they got the answer, um, right. 50% of the time, which is typical, like when you're guessing, but when they had the board answer, Mm -hmm. they got the answers right. 65% of the time. Oh, so the implication here to them was that our non-conscious mind is a lot smarter than we um, we know so we either I guess it could go both ways either uh, we we have we have all this information deep in our brains that when we're using this other tool can come through subconsciously or spirits are paying attention when you're doing experiments and they're helping somebody out answering questions yeah you know so you know there, they, they did, there was, I think they're still continuing these studies if I'm not mistaken. Um, because mm-hmm. this, this British Columbia study was not that long ago because I forgot to write the year down because, of course, I did. But you know, there it's kind of, I don't see how you can prove it because, um, if especially if it's this like idiomotor effect, yeah, that if somebody's doing it subconsciously, that I think you, it. I don't know. It's it's hard to say. It would be hard to say. Yeah. Because you know, you have all you have people who of course are going to be like, oh, oh look, it's a ghost. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but then you have people who are like super serious about it and like mm-hmm. really want to communicate with people. And are they subconsciously moving it or are spirits really communicating through the board? You know, it's it's yeah. It, 
either way, we still don't have a full understanding of how the Ouija board works or, you know, where, where the power comes from. But I would just say if you are going to use a Ouija board, because we don't know how it works or the potential consequences of using a Ouija board, just, you know, use caution, yeah. be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the rule is never use it by yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that can go wrong, um, whether you believe in them or not. Yeah. I think when it, when it just comes to communicating with the other side, I just always feel like err on the side of caution. And yes. Maybe don't. <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you can help it. Yeah. Maybe go to a professional. So I don't know. Yeah, I vote professional. Yeah. That was just a little study I thought was interesting about like where maybe the, uh, the potential like scientific mm-hmm. answer for the Ouija board came from. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. Um, we do have some stories that mm-hmm. uh, we kind of wanted to talk about. Do you want to tell your mom's story first? And then we can sure. do a, like a couple listener stories. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. So um, my uh, my maternal grandmother is a twin and so her twin sister um is a or was i'm not sure now was uh um i guess you could say practicing i guess the craft Mm -hmm. um when my mom was young right so this would have been i don't know let's see 70s right in the (laughs) 70s and um I guess my aunt had made her own Ouija board, like on a piece of cardboard or something. Uh And um, my mom and two other girls were um, playing with it. And she, uh, they were just like asking questions and doing the whole like, no, you're pushing it. No, you're pushing it kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I guess like they did your typical questions at that age group, you know, like, who am I going to marry? Like all these things. Um, side note, it did tell my mom she was going to marry someone with a T and she did. And she did. Yeah. So, um, that's interesting, but I guess she didn't tell me like if there was some kind of like, I don't know why she didn't tell me, but, um, they basically got like freaked out, you know, as girls Mm -hmm. will, um, little girls will, whether it was like something scary that was said or just just because they were freaked out, you know? And um I guess she she threw it away, (laughs) which um I don't know why you would do that. Just the whole like cardboard. Yeah, so she threw it away and then um it ended up back in her room and she said that she didn't know if maybe like the aunt was playing a trick you know like I knew you threw it Mm -hmm. away and I found it so I'm gonna like put it in your room um but either way she got scared and she ripped it because it was made on just like cardboard handmade and Mm -hmm. she threw it away again and then she said it was like two weeks later and it was intact in her room again no and so she freaked out and gave it to my grandma um, who was a devout Catholic woman. Um, oh my God. 
Spanish Catholic woman, and um, she doesn't know what happened to it after that. <laughs> just like you take it. <laughs> yeah, she just handed it to her, and I think my grandma's like mad at her or something for like messing with it, and then um, that was the end of that. So one, I don't know if it's true because my mother likes to exaggerate stories sometimes. Sorry, mom, if you're listening to this, but it's true. Um, uh, or it could be definitely real because I know my aunt did mess around with stuff way back in the day. She could still, um, yeah. And especially if some, when something is handmade and maybe handmade with a purpose, there might've been something else like lingering a little bit. Um, and I mean, we have heard those stories of where, um, they get destroyed and they come back, you know, or someone tries to burn it or someone tries to bury it or do something with it and it's back, you know? Yeah. Um, Like you hear that all the time. Yeah. And I mean, this would have been in the seventies, probably late seventies. So, I mean, um, I don't know if that story or like that kind of like thing was going around at that time. I don't uh-huh. know, but um, that's her story. I mean, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's that's really scary. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I was like, why don't you? I'm 33 years old. Why don't you tell me these things sooner? <laughs> I mean, her parents. The things are parents. Well, okay. So I have my mom has a Ouija board story that I've never heard before. So yeah, oh. I don't know why they don't tell us these things. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, my mom's story takes place when she was I think she said like 10 or 11 mm-hmm. um so probably around the same time like the 70s yeah yeah like the mid to late 70s mm-hmm. um she was with her two um I guess cousins mm-hmm. and yeah her cousins and she said that um her grandmother so my great-grandmother Mm-hmm. had a Ouija board um they had like this uh, this like little they called it we just called it the Quattro Loco which is like the crazy room but like it was just like a storage room basically like every it was like kind of the catch-all room everything just went in there yeah and um she said in the closet in there that one day they had seen oh there was a Ouija board kind of like hidden somewhere in there so one day they were over there like for the weekend and they snuck in there and they took out the Ouija board and they started using it. And she said her, so her cousins, um, Tom and my Nino, Steven, they were, Steven was kind of like a jokester. Like he mm-hmm. just, he was like really, um, he liked to play pranks and he liked to play jokes and you know he was kind of like a ball buster you know he was just like a really really funny guy and so he they were all playing and it started moving and of course they're like steven you're moving it like stop stop and he's like i'm not i swear i'm not and then they it started moving more and they were asking it questions she said it wasn't really making sense like it wasn't really answering the questions they were asking and eventually it started spelling out um, ask me who I am. Oh, don't like do that. every time they would ask a question, it would spell out, ask me either, she either ask me who I am or ask me my name. Mm. One of those. Mm-mm. And so they said like, they tried for a few minutes. Like, uh, she, I think they said like, Steven 
asked, uh, is Tom ever going to lose all his fat or something like something dumb? <laughs> like, like they were brothers. So like, yeah, just like stupid brother stuff. Like they were 11, 12 years old. They were picking on each other and it kept just saying like, ask me who I am, ask me who I am. So then finally Stephen was like, fine, who are you? And it spelled yeah. out, it spelled out the word evil. Uh oh. And then she said at the same time, it spelled out the word evil. The, there was a window in the room that somebody banged really hard on the window in the room, like mm. from the outside, like boom, 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 mm -hmm. like really quickly. Mm -hmm. So they all got up, they screamed, they ran out of the room and um, her grandma found out what they were doing. And <laughs> she was really, really mad at them and she put it away. And, you know, her, uh, my grandpa, her dad went around the house and made sure nobody was outside and nobody was there, of course. And they said that they never found the board again, that she didn't put it back where she had it. And they never knew, they didn't know what happened to it after that. Hmm. But, um, yeah, she was 11 or 10 when that happened. And she still remembers that story. <laughs> suspicion grandma got rid of that board yeah something and she you know it's kind of funny like the more I hear about her mm -hmm. um because I never got to meet her so um or if I do I don't remember yeah. and she the more I hear about her she was very uh very witchy from what I can tell but kind of like on the lowdown you know like yeah. on the fly mm -hmm. because I keep hearing about oh yeah your great grandma this your great grandma had that you know so you know it's definitely in the in the family so it really doesn't surprise me yeah that's interesting. but yeah that's her that's her Ouija board story I thought that was pretty funny but yeah cool. don't ever ask what its name is don't no don't don't do that don't. don't uh my Ouija board experience mm -hmm is kind of um a long one it's so i have i i have like a ton so there was like a big phase in my life with uh like my like close friends at the time mm -hmm. where um i really wanted all of them to get into like all of this stuff you know so like we would come to my house and like i would make them do spells with me <laughs> <laughs> we would do the Ouija board. We would like, you know, all kinds of stuff. So yeah. there was one time I remember um, we were walking home. Um, I think we were, we weren't at the mall. Oh, I think we were walking to the mall. Okay. So do you remember in Roland Heights, this is very specific local stuff for all you listeners. You're going to love this. When, if you're walking from like Jellic to the mall, you had to pass like that Jiffy Lube. Yes. So we're walking past that Jiffy Lube and some dude who worked at Jiffy Lube mm -hmm. um, came up to us and he asked me for my phone number. I was like, I was like 14, but I looked like I was like 19. You did. Um, I did. Yeah. So I was like, um, no, how about you give me your phone number and I'll call you. And I'm like, I, you know, I just never would. Yeah. Um, so he did and he gave me his name and his phone number and blah, blah, blah. And something was kind of like off about him, but you know, whatever, yeah. like he was whatever. So then later that day, my friends and I are back in my, uh, back in our apartment. We all kind of lived in the same apartment complex mm -hmm. and most of us did. So we would go behind the stairwell <laughs> in one of the buildings 
and use the Ouija board there because we knew if any of our parents caught us with this thing, like we were going to get our butts whooped. Mm -hmm. So we started asking questions and then we started asking questions about this guy. And I think his name was like Rick or like Jeff, like a very like regular name, like, you know, whatever. And for some reason, his name kept coming up in the Ouija board. And my friends were like, you're doing it, you're doing it. And I was like, no, I'm not. I swear, like, I'm not doing it. And I was like, watch, I will even take my hands off. And look, I'm like, ask the Ouija board what his phone number is. Because I, I just had the, the paper in my pocket. Yeah. I was like, ask him what the phone number is. I won't touch the board and you guys do it. So it did. It, it gave out the, it, you know, spelled out a number or whatever and I took the paper out of my pocket and it was the same phone number oh my goodness yeah so I was like I'm definitely not calling this dude no (laughs) I don't know what's going on but no so that's that's kind of a uh it's harmless story you know a little um but then there was a whole there we started using the Ouija board and we started getting the same spirit over and over and over again. Mm. And it was a little girl and she would tell us things like how she was, um, how she was, uh, how she died Mm -hmm. and that she was lonely and that nobody visited her grave. And, you know, she wanted friends. She was, I guess she, if I remember correctly, she died. Like we were what, like, 13 14 she died around the same age like we did so like she wanted friends and like stuff like that Mm -hmm. and she told us where she was buried and she told us um she wanted visitors to come see her you know like all this stuff and it went on for like months and Mm -hmm. um we it, it even like got to the point where we went to the cemetery yeah to look for her and we couldn't, um, we couldn't find her, like, oh. wherever she said she was buried, we couldn't find, um, we just couldn't, like, either the name was off, or the name was, uh, wrong, or, you know, she got the mm-hmm. name of the cemetery wrong, or whatever, Yeah. um, but we really tried, like, we tried for months to get in contact with wherever she was, there were certain points where we would be, like, at somebody's house, and um we would be using the Ouija board so I remember one time we were at just um, like carrying around with you everywhere pretty much it was like part of our like thing we were we were at one of our houses and um a friend of mine who she's she's uh very religious she was like I'm not doing this like I'm leaving and so she left (laughs) oh and then the rest of us stayed and we were playing the Ouija board and um the lights went off and we like screamed. I don't remember what the Ouija board was saying at the time, but I remember the lights turning like flickering and then turning off and us like running out of the house. And then when our, that friend came back, she found us outside of the house and we were all like freaked out Mm -hmm. and we were like, no more. I don't remember the thing that like kind of, um, stopped us you know like I don't remember what it was that made us be like okay enough is enough mm-hmm. but we eventually just kind of stopped I think we just hmm. 
either I think we all kind of grew apart and so we kind of just stopped altogether. I don't remember there being like a big thing that made us stop. Yeah. I don't remember there I don't remember like us having a falling out like as friends. I you know, we were like what, like sixth, seventh grade. Yeah. So we just we just kind of drifted apart and we kind of just stopped using it at the same time. But I remember it being like the Ouija board was like our thing for like a while. Yeah. And um, I don't remember anything bad ever happening. The only like spirit we really contacted was this little girl. And I was trying to um, find the uh, the messages because I was messaging uh, these friends like on Instagram. Like, do you remember this? And blah, blah, blah. And like, they do kind of, you know, it was so long mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. But um, gosh, let me see if I can find it. Because one of my friends, she remembered the name of the little girl. Let me see if I can find it. Kate, her name is Kate, the little girl. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, it was a weird time. When I tell you I was a weird kid, like I was a weird kid, you know, <laughs> like this is the stuff we were into when we were young. Um, but yeah, it was, I just remember it being like a thing for a long time. It was like, yeah. oh yeah, you have your glasses, you have your house keys you got your Ouija board let's go you know <laughs> had it with us all the time where did you guys even get it um I don't remember I I think maybe my dad bought it for me mm. because he was the one when I was young when I would like go with him for the weekends mm-hmm. he would like take me to like bookstores and you know things like that and he was uh he was just kind of like sure like whatever like whatever you're into like he didn't you know he was just like I if I, that's the only that's the only place I can the only person in my family I can see buying it for me yeah. and and I I believe it was mine because when talking to these friends like on Instagram they would be like, oh, yeah, so-and-so was there, but not so-and-so. But then there was another time when so-and-so was there, but not her, you know, like, so it was always, yeah. like, me and different friends. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure it was mine at the time. That makes um, sense. It does, yeah. But, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, I wish I could remember more, like, specific instances. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of remember, I do remember this, like, Kate child and our mission to find her and we never did and then um yeah so hopefully she's okay yeah interesting yeah hopefully she doesn't try to find me again (laughs) (laughs) um she could be the one that's in your house yeah i think the one in my house is a little boy Mm. i think feels like a little boy my mom had said when she was telling me that story that um she thinks her I guess theory is that she thinks that when um this kind of goes along with what you were saying before but um they I think they work when you have someone who's more sensitive so if you have three girls who are just kind of like you're run-of-the-mill girls they might not have like any kind of like sensitivity to anything they might not get anything you know might just be fun game but that if you have someone Mm -hmm. like you who's like a little bit more sensitive and my mom a little bit more sensitive you know especially like with spirits or whatever then mm-hmm. it might be more likely you know yeah um, that makes sense yeah 
sense. It definitely makes sense. And I've definitely always been sensitive. And now that I think about it, there were always four of us. Hmm. Like there was four of kind of like, you know, different girls in and out, but like the same, mm-hmm. there was always like four of us at the same time. I mean, I don't know if that's true of every single time, but yeah, I was really, really trying to uh, remember like really specific times we used mm-hmm. it, but I could just kind of remember the overall. And I don't think I've even touched one since then. You know, yeah. how old am I now? So it's 15, no, I don't know how old I am. 18 years ago. I don't even know if that's right. 18 years. Yes, I was right. Mm. I used my calculator. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ, 18 years ago? Oh, mm. God. Shoot me now. No, please don't. I'm not just kidding. Universe, don't do that. But um, yeah, those are that's my Ouija board story. That was that was cool. That was really interesting. I had a strange childhood. Eh, you had a good one. That's <laughs> fine. You had, a, you had an interesting one. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I I was kind of always like a little scaredy cat growing up, you know. Um. So I never wanted to play with one. I don't think we ever actually had one. My mom said that one of my other aunts um, just got us one for Christmas once. And um, I, I don't I don't remember. She said she we opened it already or my aunt had told her what was in it. And we just she never gave it to us. My mom wouldn't let us have it. Oh, yeah. I have a feeling that like if my mom... I think I like hid it from her, you know, like Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. maybe she found it one day and like uh, threw it away or something, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, But really quickly, we do have one listener story I wanted to share from our friend um, Katrina. She, we we interviewed her a while ago. She's a tarot reader and she wrote into us um, just saying, so she says, Hey, I have a Ouija board story. Um, When I was in sixth grade, a friend got one and we went through a phase where we'd play it all the time. That's when I tested and figured out automatic writing because I started making my own boards and using my own pen to point point to the letters and spell the answers to my own questions. From there, I realized I could just let the pen write what I wanted to know and the rest is history. So... I thought that was really cool. It's like another way to do it. She didn't really have like a bad, uh, a bad experience. She, she yeah. kind of used it. She mm-hmm. used it to enhance her own powers. Yeah. It was like really a new cool. skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely go listen to that episode with her. She, um, she does tarot mm-hmm. um, and check out, check her out on Instagram at Trina cat tarot. She's, um, she's very intuitive. She's very like, it's weird to say she's like wise. She's very <laughs> she's wise. Because she's not old, but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she is very wise. But yeah, I thought that was another cool, like little interpretation of it. Yeah, that, it, that was super cool when I read that. I was like, mm. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's the tarot. That's the tarot. That's the Ouija board. Yeah, super fascinating. I knew none of that. Not so spooky once you get into the you know, the history. Oh my gosh. And before I forget, um, I did my sources for this, um, were an article on smithsonianmag.com and of course mm-hmm. Wikipedia. Um, the majority of this I got from that Smithsonian article. Um, mm-hmm. 
the the writer really goes into detail about everything including those studies at the end oh, nice. um and so yeah definitely give that a glance if you are interested because it was very eye-opening so, yeah that's yeah. fascinating thank you yeah of course still still not gonna do it <laughs> yeah it's probably better to be safe that way <laughs> but um but thank you for listening to mm-hmm. this week's episode um yes. be safe and yes, please if you're going to protest wear a mask mm-hmm. and protective gear and record everything yeah. and just take care of each other yes go with the buddy but yeah definitely yeah um so uh that's it for us this week be sure to uh, check out our instagram you can follow mm-hmm. us personally i'm at quit playing james with my heart just you just are a at, of hocus pocus yes or at sit first bell pod you yes, can please. dm us mm-hmm. or uh, email us questions concerns uh you want yep. just want to say hey whatever okay. You know, we try to respond to everybody. So if we don't get to you right away, we will. It's because we hate you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate anybody. No. Um, yeah, we definitely try to, and we will um, eventually. We get around yes. to it. Yes. yes um, so yeah, thanks for listening, and we will see you later. See you later. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sit for a Spell. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on all social media at Sit for a Spell Pod. If you have anything you would like us to discuss or want to share your own practices, please email us at sitforaspellpod at gmail.com. Until next time, blessed, blessed be. be.